1: A Celtic state of mind. It's Match Day. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm joined by James McKenzie, who is in the studio. We've got Kevin McCluskey over in Hungary. And we've also got Sean Connolly in Australia. We're here to talk about Aberdeen versus Celtic gentlemen. Um I'll start with yourself. Kevin McCluskey, the team lines are out. What's your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I think if you look at that Celtic team, it's exactly what you'd expect it to be, based on last week. Um, no changes to the starting eleven. And as I say, I don't think you'd expect any after last week. We were pretty comfortable, fairly routine win. I thought everybody put in a decent shift. So yeah, no surprises with that at all.
1: No, talking about surprises, James. You you gave us your predicted eleven, um, and I think you got it pretty spot on. But you were saying earlier on, it was no real surprise, was it? Unless it was an injury, um, we weren't going to see big changes this week, were we? Yeah, I can't really take any credit
4: going eleven for eleven. No, oh, I can't really take any credit going. Eleven for eleven with the team predictions when it's the exact same team from um, last week. I'm assuming Burnaby set his alarm for the team meeting this time because he's <laughs> back on the bench. Ax back as well, which I'm quite surprised about. It was just social media rumours. There was nothing concrete in it saying that he could perhaps mm-hmm. his agent might have been told to look elsewhere, but he's got a chance on the bench. And we know Rogers likes to give people a chance to, to sort of assess his team. Everybody's gonna get an opportunity, although I don't think he got many. In pre season, but as a team I expected, I'm interested to see how Navrocchi does because this is probably the first real test you'll get in Scottish football. You think of the toughest games Celtic can get in Scottish football, you would think um, Rangers away, Aberdeen away, Hearts away, Hibs away. Those would be the tough fixtures. He's getting his first real taste of it. So uh, he'll probably be the player that I'm watching the most in this game.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of talk, obviously, around uh, Burnaby dropping out, but also Rio Atati dropping out. That's going to be a big point of discussion pre- and post-match, I'm pretty sure. We'll run through the team individually and we'll have a look at the Aberdeen team. But just as a lineup, it's Hart, Ralston, Carter, Vickers, Norocchi, uh, Taylor, McGregor, O'Reilly, Turnbull, Abada, Meda, and Kio. And on the bench, obviously, we have um, O, Starfield and Quan dropping out. Haxabanovic, Bernabe, and Welsh coming in for them, and they will join Bain, Yang, Home, Samokeyawata, Hatati, and Forrest on the bench. Uh, when it comes to the the bench boys, as it were, the big uh, topic of discussion at the moment, Sean is real Atati, and the fact that obviously for the opening game against Ross County, David Turnbull comes in. He does the business, couple of goals, man of the match performance. And he couldn't be dropped on the back of that, obviously, for obvious reasons. But many in the comments are saying, and I don't disagree, Atate, you know, medium to long term, is definitely the better player. Um, I think that for the successful Celtic side, and in particular in Europe, I'd be looking at Atati. or am I just uh, overlooking? Uh, by the way, I do rate David Turnbull. I just, he's not in my strongest 11. He's on there based, based on form, though. He's in there based on form.
2: Well, the, the word that Rogers keeps using when asked about uh, Turnbull is efficiency, and we all know that Hitati was more of a, a kind of missed a lot of passes for the sake of the the Hollywood one that would, would pay off, uh, and that was, that was fine, Postacoglu didn't mind that, but uh, that seems to be not a, a Rogers thing, and he's making that clear in interviews and by his team selection, so it's interesting.
1: No, it is, because, you know, we're, we're thinking about Europe. Uh, that, that's one of the big things. We know the bread and butter is the domestic league in particular, but the domestic competitions. Um, and then we move into Europe, we want to see some kind of progression. And one of the the conversation points that, that certainly we've been having, Kevin McCluskey, is around um, European aspirations and uh, naivety previously. Not just Rodgers. I think there was an element of that with Angie's gung-ho approach um, to some of the European ties. Um, but you made the point yourself, Kevin, you know, he's gone out there to, I'm not going to call Leicester a provincial club, an unfashionable club in England, and he took them to a semi-final of a European competition. So I think that he has gone out, he's been more pragmatic and he's learned loads, I'm sure, from that experience as well, Kevin. Um, but in, in terms of tinkering with this this treble winning side, what, what, what's your thoughts on it? Because obviously we've seen a change to the full-backs, we've seen a change to some of the personnel, we've lost a few you know, Moy, Jota, Starfelt, and slowly but surely the shape and also the look of this side will eventually become more uh, Rodgers-esque, won't it?
3: Yeah, it will do. Um, I think going on Rogers in Europe, I was one of his biggest critics from the first time around. And I think I, I called it out quite a few times during the last couple of seasons as well that he was really naive. I thought first time around in Europe because he tried to have his play this really open and expansive game when we didn't have the players to do it and we were coming up against the likes of Man City in the first couple of years under Guardiola and they were absolutely flying, even more so than they probably are now. I think we got Barcelona, PSG with all the big guns and he didn't really adapt his game to that. Um, but he's gone down to Leicester. He's done four years, three and a half successful years in the Premiership. Not a lot of managers get to do that these days. He's taken a side to the semi-final of a European competition. It doesn't matter which one it is because we haven't got past the group stage really in one for long enough. So I think I think what we've got back now is a, a more mature Brendan Rodgers in terms of tactical approach, especially in Europe. Um, and then the kind of unfortunate knock-on effect to that could be that somebody like Katati is the player or one of the players that suffers from that. Because as uh, as Sean mentioned, he likes to play that Hollywood pass. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of Hatati. I've said it many, many times in here before, but I follow or I agree a bit with, with Sean. I agree with Alan, uh, name, Alan Morrison. Morrison by numbers, yeah. When he says that um is a player that can provide, provide us with beautiful moments. And he is, but he's also a player that, for me anyway, and I might be in the minority here, he's a player that puts the heart and mouth for me at times, especially in Europe. I think in the domestic game, he can get away with losing the ball 30, 40 yards from goal and trying to do something because we've got the players that cover. But in Europe, he doesn't track back as much as, as the others and we don't have the quality of players to cover for him in Europe. So that's that's where I feel that somebody, maybe like David Turnbull, uh, who again, i would kind of been a critical because I didn't think he fit into uh, Angie's system, fits better into Brendan Rodgers' system because he's a bit more pragmatic. He'll take less risks. But that might actually advance us up the field a little bit more if we're able to keep the ball. And that's been that's like a, a key feature of a Rogers team. It's keeping the ball. And if we have the ball, the opposition can't score. So I think I think over the course of the next couple of weeks, month or so, we'll see just exactly how Rogers wants to stamp his authority on this team. And yeah, Hatati could be one of the ones that can unfortunately fall by the wayside. It would be you know, unthinkable uh, considering uh, last year.
1: It is Kevin, right? And see, from the perspective of back in the day, you'd go and watch a game of football, there, there wasn't as much analysis. And I mean, analysis in terms of data and, and, you know, being presented with a picture which says this particular player doesn't suit your style of football, or if this is your game plan, he doesn't suit it. That You know, it certainly didn't exist amongst the fan base. I don't know how um, 20 or 30 years ago data was being used in, in Scottish football. But some of the examples I've been using this week, I'm going to throw it out there from the Champions League endeavours last season. If you were to pick one moment, is that moment Hatati's pass against Real Madrid from Juranovic's throw-in? Possibly, right? Mm-hmm. That's the moment. That's the moment as football fans that you love for. You know, that's the one that you're going to remember. And yeah. there's been a few examples but given... You don't,
3: from... you don't, you don't remember the times when he gave the ball away and didn't come back. Because is not my that point. beautiful moment
1: that Alan this speaks about. Yes. So some of the players from previous teams who uh, I've spoken to some of their, their teammates, Kevin, and it's, it's guys like Maravchik it's guys like Nakamura, people who didn't do all that side of the game, right? But would you have changed them? Would you have tried to mould them into a different player? You wouldn't have, would you? Yeah. So I, I think it's a really, you know, it's a balance to strike. Uh, James, you, you have grown up in the world of uh, data analysis and all this is absolutely normal to you. You know, it's something that's been introduced throughout my football uh, watching life. What's your take on it? Because, you know, I love individualism. I love that moment of brilliance, the Hollywood pass. Um, I'd play Hatati, you know what I mean? Unless he was in the huff or he was having three or four stinkers in a row, he'd be in my team every single day of the week. What's your take on it, James? Can we get bogged down too much with the the data? Because, you know, if Hatati's playing today, he's got to do some magic, isn't he?
4: I think if you're looking at stats, you can't let the stats completely blind you. Sometimes, like, if you can get a 50 50 mix between the stats and the eye test, then you're going to be just like, because some of my favourite, like, non Celtic players don't really have, like, the stats to match. Like, Mares was one of my favourite players to watch, and he didn't really have the goals and the assist numbers to warrant a sensational winger. But if you just watch him the way he plays, he's an absolutely phenomenal player. And you've had, Plentiful players like that at Celtic in the past. Uh, but Turnbull, we we know the numbers he had. I think he had like 16 goals in that season at Motherwell that inspired us to try and sign him in the first place from midfield. He's going to get you a goal. But Hattati, I agree with what you're saying in Europe. I thought there was two players that stepped up and sort of made, them, made a name for themselves in Europe last season. One was Jota, and he's not here anymore. And the other one was Matt O'Reilly, and he's still here so that's, I wonder who's going to be the one to step up uh, this season in Europe Kyogo, we know that he needs to raise his levels when it comes to Europe he's a player that we will be hoping for a bit more of but I want, I want to see what Matt O'Reilly does because I thought he was one of our stronger players in Europe last season he'll be that's a really big player to watch he's playing today so I, I want to see him build up on his performance from last week I thought it was brilliant in pre-season as well he'll be an interesting player to see over the course of this season how much he raises his game because Most of the contributors on that so earmarked Matt O'Reilly to have a big season under Brendan Rodgers to elevate his levels from the high levels that they already are. So he'll be a big player to watch for me. I
1: would love for the the data guys and girls to um, look at Celtic and Inter Milan's performances in the eve of the European Cup final in 67 and tell us why certain players shouldn't play because it doesn't always work like that. Where, Where are you on this one Sean? Because listen, David Turnbull, yeah, I get it. He's playing well. He's, he's in form. Um, do you see it as a, a medium to long-term situation that Turnbull will, will keep hatati out the side, O'Shawn? Oh,
2: well, it feels like um, hatati has got his ticket booked to the EPL, so I, I kind of look at it that way. I'd rather have Turnbull getting into a new contract uh, and, you know, forming... a part of our Champions League squad or European squad, whatever it is going forward. Because uh, players that are eligible for that are pretty thin on the ground. I did a kind of research into it and there's really not many. And it's the reason why we're being linked with players like Scott McKenna and Ryan Fraser and even uh, Ryan Christie or Stuart Armstrong coming back because there's just so few of them. So I think it just kind of makes sense uh, long term to be uh, try to get Turnbull on side. In terms of Hitati, I mean, I guess there was, I think it was around about March, uh, He there was a lot of call to have Turnbull coming because he kept coming off the bench and scoring goals. And then Hitati gets dropped in a cup game against St. Marin. Uh, Turnbull has a bad first half. Hitati comes off the bench and bags two goals and gets mad in a match in 30 minutes. So there's there's a possibility that that happens today as well. But yeah, I, I just get a feeling his ticket's booked, to be honest.
1: Oh, I hope you're wrong. I really do. I mean, obviously going into this this kind of preseason, Kevin, and you you've been looking at every every move and every nuance this preseason, done a lot of the work on the Axon blog as well. We all kinda of expected certain players, I guess, maybe to leave the club. I think Moy was a surprise, obviously for completely different reasons, having retired. Um but I said this during the week, Kevin. I didn't expect the two guys to be leaving, to be Staffelt and Jota. And it just shows you that, you know, all the plans that you've got. You know, they can get thrown up in the air. If somebody comes along with a £25 million bid or someone's partner decides to move to Sporting Lisbon, these are things that you, you can't plan for, right? But if Sean's right and there, there is another player, like and I'm talking a first pick, one of your, your base players from the treble winning side to leave this preseason, season um, then I'm probably getting to that. I'm at that stage where I'm also a bit getting a bit concerned at the, the quality that's leaving the building against the quality that's coming in. Uh, where are you with that, Kev? I'm
3: kind of okay with it just now. Um, I think we've replaced Staffelt with a like-for-like like, and hopefully even a, a slight upgrade in the Rocky. And if Lager Bielke is coming in as well, he's coming in with kind of a good pedigree, a good um, a good background in, in his time in Sweden. So I'd be fairly comfortable defensively there. Jota was a huge surprise to go. No one expected that. Um, But I had a feeling, I had a feeling if Abarra stayed, he was going to be one of the kind of things that you've spoken about a few times in the pod has been the the project player, rather than a project signing, because I hate that expression now, but the project player under Roger, someone that he can just work one-to-one with in the training field and improve his game. And I think we saw that in pre-season and we've seen it in the first game of the season. So I'm not overly worried and concerned as much as I thought I would be with losing Jota, but I still feel we could do with Bringing in another quality winger. Mm-hmm. If Hatati goes though, then you've got to ask ask questions, and you've got to then be looking at like we've got twenty five million in for Jota. We're going to get twenty to twenty five for Hitati. You would expect if he goes, there was already twenty million in the kitty allegedly to spend. You'd then like to to think that in the background there's a one or two kind of big signings coming in and they don't necessarily have to be the big money we don't need to spend 10 or 12 million on a player but we just need to be going out and making a couple of quality additions if someone like Hatate goes but right now with the squad and Brian asked the question in our WhatsApp chat yesterday if the transfer window ends tomorrow and we keep the same squad are you confident we'll win the league and I am I think this, this squad is good enough to win the league again that said maybe a winger a centre forward to come in to give us a bit more depth
0: Come seek the Royal Caribbean ships registry Bahamas.
1: Well, I think it's a good poser, actually, at this stage to, to ask that question. Yeah, I do. I do think we would be strong enough to win the league. Actually, you know, because I, you know, I, I keep going back to this. Rogers will transform particular players, and I think Abada has shown early signs of that. I think O'Reilly's the type of player who may also improve under Rogers. Turnbull's another one who's shown a bit of quality. So, yeah, there might be regression. How will he affect Kyogo? Keogel? Kyogo's obviously shown a, a different um, aspect of his game. But before we have a wee look at the rest of the Celtic side in more detail, James, and the Aberdeen team as well, you've been having a wee look at Brennan Rogers' record up at Patojie as well. And um, it's a cracking record. So going into this game in terms of a manager, you know, because it's the same with players. They seem to have a, a hex on particular venues or stadiums. Uh, we're going up to Aberdeen. Rogers has got a cracking record up there, hasn't he? Yeah, I just wanted to highlight the
4: blog post I'd done, yeah, I think it was yesterday, no, it was Friday i done it, just on some of the three of the most memorable Rodgers games against Aberdeen. As much as we might have hammered them a few times, there's some really memorable games I highlighted. The the first trophy in Rodgers' tenure, the the League Cup final, 3-0, the one that started um, the quadruple treble, a sort of historic run. You've got the Tom Roggetts final You've got, if you remember, the the Boxing Day, incredible game on Boxing Day with a Scott Sinclair hat-trick where Edwards scored that absolutely fantastic chip. Rodgers, he's always had a good record against Aberdeen. I think Paul told me it was 12 out of 13. The only loss being a dead rubber game where Shea Logan got sent off and was walking off the park like Conor McGregor at the end of the game. Um, That's only sort of blip. But I think we've got a good enough team to get the job done if Celtic play to their best then we should get the job done just on what you were saying on Hitati as well I think if Hatati goes we will make a big signing we will spend big I have a feeling we will go out and get if Hatati leaves we'll get that Fabian Reader from Young Boys that we've been linked with over the course of this entire window I think the fans will be a bit panicked with two sort of top fan favourite players going so I think you will have to go out and spend the money
1: that would be that would make sense, yeah, because I mean it's a it's a big dig in the ribs when Jota goes and then Staffelt goes. If you lose another big, big player like that, then I think you need to make a a response. I really do. Um, we'll have a quick look at the Aberdeen team actually before we come back to um matters with Celtic. And uh, obviously, you know, it's a it's a side for me that when you looked at the kind of second part of their campaign last season, Barry Robson, I thought, done a fantastic job they've been you know they've been bringing quite a few players in uh, but I think the strength of them James will stay with you as in the guys that they've kept isn't
4: it? Yeah just on Aberdeen last season when I think it was when I was doing my match preview I looked at how they done how Barry Robson's Aberdeen team done it is how they, they seem to do well against every other team apart from us over the course of two games it was a 9-0 aggr- aggregate score in favour of Celtic but that is a settled the coglu team this is Roger's team it's completely different but Aberdeen, yeah, it was a summer of maintaining the players that they already had rather than going out and sort of rebuilding. They would have had to sign a couple of players to flesh out the squad because they will be playing um, Thursday, Sunday because they will have the European football this season. So I'd be interested to see where they finish in the league or if the league form takes a hit sort of with the European football. We saw that happen with Hearts last season. Their form in the league sort of took a dip because it was too much football for them to be playing. But they've kept Duke. They've kept Majovski, who have both been heavily linked with other teams and for good reason because they're very good players. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if they came back to Celtic to try and get Liam Skills, because as much as they might have been hit and miss at Aberdeen, they were still a consistent part of their team and with their captain, Anthony Stewart, staying so in a way they'll probably want to come and get Liam Skills. They lost Ramadani to Serie A, who was one of the better players in the middle of the park, but they've kept Leighton Clarkson. He was an absolutely fantastic player last season, I'm sure. Celtic fans, Axon fans might remember he scored a couple against a crack, couple of crackers against Rangers last season. So to get him tied down from Liverpool on a permanent deal, it was big business from them. So it seems like Barry
1: Robson getting a bit of backing. Mm, Yeah, and you just, you look at these clubs and uh, Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, Dundee United who obviously got relegated as a result of being basket cases of clubs and um, you just look for a wee bit more of a strategy from them and it looks as though they've picked the right man in Barry Robson, Um, first managerial position. Uh, what are you saying in the comments thanks everybody for getting involved 800 strong jungle line Hatati happy birthday by the way Hatati is a better player than Turnbull I agree with that sooner this issue is sorted the better for the whole team and it you know what? We could be talking completely differently at the end of this game if Turnbull is anonymous and Hattati, like Sean says, comes on and has a magical 30 minutes. Then everybody's opinion uh, goes towards Hattati starting the games. Uh, Double Denham, welcome to the show. Happy Match Day, boys and girls. Good luck to both our men and um, women's teams t- today. Uh, Jason Lee, is it the year of the bull? I'd never checked that before I came, uh, came on. Embrace it if it is. Uh, says Jason Lee. And we've also got Sean Thompson. Suppose it is hard trying to get a striker, talking to strikers, to come in playing second fiddle to Kyogo, but on the other hand, could push Kyogo even further to be better. Um, It is a position that, when talking about areas of the park that I would like to see strengthened, I always use it almost like a, a bonus position. You know, if we've got everywhere else sorted out, I would like to bring in a striker. Um, And in the same week that I'm talking like that, O gets injured. And that's the last thing you want because then, because obviously Kyogos' backup is probably Maeda. Um, And then Maeda has to get moved, shifted over from the left-hand side, who's his back up on that bench? Is it Haksabanovic? Is it Forrest? And I just think they're getting weaker then, so bringing in another striker for me would be would be great, but it's certainly not a priority at this stage. I want to talk about the defence a wee bit more though, Sean. Uh, obviously the introduction of um, Novrovsky last week against Ross County, I think there was good points and bad points to his performance, but I wouldn't have gone in studs up due to the fact that it was debut did you see enough to think that he can craft a, a partnership with Because There was a few moments where Katowikas was proper hollering at him to get in a position and do certain things. It's going to take a wee bit of time, but I think it was quite promising.
2: Yeah, it's, it's hard to judge a, a centre-back in one performance, to be honest. Uh, if, if you think back to like Shane Duffy's first few games, you think, oh yes, we've got a player here, he's banging in the goals, all that sort of thing. So even in, in both directions, it's hard to kind of judge it. Uh, that said Starfelt was just shocking in the first six months and it kind of clicked for him uh, after new year in his first season so i'd I'd hope norovki doesn't take that long to settle in but it's definitely a possibility and and allegedly we've got a lagger bilk coming in as well yeah i don't know man like i know everyone's kind of hand-wringing about the, the loss of quality but when Andrew's here and we lost Jack and Marcus and Dieranovic, and we brought in uh, Owen and uh, Alistair Johnson, nobody was really complaining then. So we brought in names we didn't know then, and we're bringing in names we don't know now. And we're just going to have to trust that the system's going to work because it's the same background people that were in place six months ago. So Yang might be the young player of the year in Scotland, who knows? And Quan might. Do because even when Yama took six months to really crack into a game when he came in, so you know maybe Quan still got it to come in. I don't know. Like it's hard to tell. Like this is we're now in the, the age where we sign players we don't know the name of. We're not signing your Iel Berkovich. We're not signing Mark Reaper. We just have to kind of trust that the, the homework has been done on these players.
1: You're right. And and when you go on the record, there's been a couple of duds, but not many in the last couple of years, Sean. So you look at that record and you've got to have a an element of faith that the system is working, Kevin, and you give them the time and you give them the opportunity to hopefully bed themselves into the Celtic side. But I, I guess it does beg the question. James was talking earlier about Liam Scales. Um Brendan has said, Kevin, he wants four he wants to run with four centre halves. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, Vickers Novroski's at the top two at the moment. On the bench there, you can see that Welsh has uh, got his place on the bench. He was a player who didn't feature many times last season. Six games he got, uh, unfortunately for him. Awata, uh, out of position, or not in his favoured position, certainly can play centre-half as well. But where does it leave guys like Welsh? Where does it leave Kobayashi? I mean, we know that uh, Bielk is uh, you know in the works. It looks as though that will be announced this week. There's been other defenders linked to Celtic. He wants to run with four. So if he comes in, that's three. Who's the fourth? Who do you keep? Is it Scales? Kobayashi? Welsh? It's a really tough one, isn't it? Um, for me,
3: I'd go. I'd be tempted to stick with Welsh. Uh, and that's based on partly us needing to have Scottish players in the, in the squad for Europe, needing to have the homegrown players. Uh, I don't think he's a player who's ever really let us down. Whenever he's come in and played, he's never set the header alight. And I don't think we've ever looked to him and thought, you know, he's a he's a first team player for the next five or 10 years, I think, a, a starter. But he's always been a fairly decent backup player to have. As I say, he's Scottish. He does his good for the European quarters. I'd probably be tempted to stick with him. I'll, scales, I just don't see fitting in. It's Celtic, his um, his biggest positive for him is that he's left-footed. He's a natural left-footer and we don't have that in any of the other players we've got. I think Navroki's kind of two-footed, which is fine. I think Wagerbielke is coming in two-footed, fine, but both predominantly right-footed. We don't have a natural left-footer. So that's in Scales' favour, but I don't see him ever really being the quality that you would want to rely on as a Celtic centre-back. And Kobayashi, again jury's very much out on him. For me, I liked him when he first came into the team. I thought he was a pretty good ball-playing centre-back. But he's been shown up that he lacks that physical side of the game that he needs to play in Scotland. I'm not going to write him off, but I don't think I would want him in my squad this season. So I'd probably look for him to go out on loan somewhere. I uh, think I've said before, my preference is a league like La Liga 2, which has got it's a physical league, it's got technical centre-forwards and it readies them for European football as well which hopefully comes back to next season as a better player. But yeah, short answer to your question, I'd keep Welsh, I'd probably sell scales if I could and Kobayashi goes out on loan to get experience.
1: You know, you, you mentioned again there that the Scottish, the homegrown rule, but I mean, you look at that that squad today and that's not a 25-man squad and we've got Ralston, Taylor, McGregor, Turnbull, Bain, Forrest and Welsh, seven players. And I think that Brendan Rodgers has spoken about the fact that you know, Ma- there's a back...
2: Mikey Johnson as well. No, Mikey, Mike, Johnson. Mikey
1: Johnson. Yeah. Mikey Johnson. Yeah, Sorry, don't forget. I'm puzzled. No, is another one
2: another <laughs> one of the the homegrowns.
1: Yeah. Uh, but you know when you're looking at that squad, people it's it's eight Correct me if I'm wrong, it's eight. We need eight in a twenty-five-man squad, right? Who right, four yeah. of which come through your own academy and four could have come through like Sunball Motherwell's Academy. And, you know, I, I just don't think it's a massive issue because Brennan Rodgers was talking about a squad of seventeen, then backfilling, if necessary, the young guys with squad numbers that are way up in the eighties, uh, sitting on the bench. But even today, I think it's an indication that you've got two, four, six, you've got seven in today's team that you know, oh, we're, we're homegrown. So if you were to lose one, someone like Bane, someone maybe like Welsh, because the rest of them are, are going nowhere, I don't think. Then it's only one or two young kids, you know, a Dane Murray or one of the guys that are sitting on the bench. So, yeah, absolutely uh, get that. And Mikey Johns, let's not forget about we Mikey, right? When's he back, by the way? Was it a six-week injury layoff? I think it was three months. Oh. I think we're expecting
3: him January twenty twenty seven at
1: this How many pre seasons, Kevin? Are we going to ask the question? Is this Mikey's last chance? soloing? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Right, lads. We want to be a wee bit of predictions coming in. We've got a couple of minutes to go. I'm going to ask yourself first, James. Um, what What you're looking for today? You're looking at a, a game that's going to be one of these tough matches. One of which you looked at and highlighted in your your uh, blog earlier this week, where there's plenty of goals and maybe you know, win by the odd goal in seven. Is it going to be a high scoring game? Is it going to be a you know, one of these games where McGregor scores with three minutes to go that Kevin and I covered last season? Where do you see it going? I think the the defence is still
4: getting settled. The fact because he had two to uh, a pretty poor Ross County side, although they did win yesterday, I think we we could probably cut the two down to one. I'll go I'll go
1: two one Celtic. Two one Celtic, I like it. Sean, what about yourself? How do you see it going?
2: Yeah, I think it'll be a uh, tight game, I think it will be 1-0 we'll score in about 60 to 70 minutes, something like that I don't think Aberdeen will threaten too much, but to be well that said we've, we've not been too solid defensively so far, so um, yeah, it's hard to predict a clean sheet but that's just the way, as uh, James said earlier, we were 9-0 in aggregate last year, right, so
1: yeah, that that's the thing. Before I come to you, Kevin, um, I don't think we'll have a clean sheet. I still think that we're we're working on that. It's a work in progress, I think, that the back line and um, we will outscore our opponents. And I reckon it will be a 3-2 or a 2-1. Kevin McCluskey, what's your take?
3: I, I want to be different and say something fantastic that like we're going to absolutely destroy them and it'll be 4-5 now. But I've got a feeling it's going to be a tight game as well, like the, the rest of the lads. I'm going for 2-1 as well. I think we'll concede, but we've got enough in us to outscore Aberdeen.
1: Yeah, well, let's hope so. Wouldn't Thanks,
3: so everybody, funny, for
4: getting involved. I wouldn't be surprised saying, if we concede early, much like how Ross mm. County has got that early barrage. I wouldn't be surprised if we were on the back foot early, a bit of a panicked half-time show, and then we
1: come out second half. <laughs> You've <laughs> watched this show before, James, a panicked half-time <laughs> show. There's been, a, there's been a few of them. Let's, let's know. Uh, uh, we'll in in the bush. for last season then. Aye, absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Uh, We will be back at halftime, as James says. Hopefully it won't be a panicked halftime show um, and we'll cover all the action then. Thank you to James McKenzie, Kevin McCluskey and Sean Connolly for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.